Welcome to the Professional Plumber Podcast. We hope that these podcasts will bring some insight into who we are and what we do. So while in conversation with the PIRB, sit back, enjoy, and make sure to connect with the PIRB on Facebook or at pirb.co.za for more. It's a lack of warm welcome to our audience, to you, the listener out there. This is another episode in our series of safety tips to the consumer. And as usual for these technical discussions, we have our technical guru, Mr. Richard Bailey. Richard, a warm welcome to you as well. Thanks very much, Willem. Um, pleasure to be here as always. And uh, we always look forward to these sessions. And uh, yeah, rearing to go for this one as well. Yeah, for sure. They carry a lot of value to both plumber and consumer alike. Richard, in today's episode, we are talking about uh, safety tips for the consumer, specifically around geyser overflows and drip tray and the drip tray overflow. But before we head into our conversation and before I fire away with all of the other questions, uh, let's hop into an ad break just quickly. Don't forget to download the all-new and improved App Plumber from the Google Play Store. All your plumbing solutions are just a click away, exclusively for Android users. Welcome back to our listeners. And uh, Richard, well, b- welcome back to you as well. Um, we are in today's episode talking about safety tips for the consumer, specifically regarding geyser overflows and drip trays and the overflows. Um, yeah. Richard... So let's let's get right into business. What is the drip tray and its overflow pipe? So Willem, the drip tray is the it, it's as the name suggests, it's a tray which is placed uh, underneath the geyser to catch drips. <laughs> so it's called a drip tray. So it covers the area underneath of a geyser and all of its valves. So it it needs to be big enough to cover that area and if anything should leak like the geyser itself or there's a valve with a with an external leak or a or a pipe that is dripping and it's and it's uh, dripping in that vicinity. Uh, the purpose of it is to be to be caught up by the drip tray and then um, and then led away. Now the tray itself needs to comply to a particular standard. It's not just any old thing that you can put there. It, mm. th- that standard for those of you that are interested is SANS one eight four eight, but that doesn't really. Um, it's just uh, pertinent to note that it should comply to a product standard. It's not just any old thing that can be put there. And it, as I said, it catches the water of any leaks that occur with, you know, external leaks dripping that downwards, uh, and that will then be conveyed to the outside. Mm-hmm. And that's what the overflow does. That that the overflow carries the water out to the outside. Is that correct? It, well, they correct. It works hand in hand. You know, the, the tray catches it, leads it to the overflow, and then the overflow pipe itself leads that water and runs. It allows that water to run to the outside of the building. Richard, I've been in no. in the uh, in the ceiling of my house, so I've seen what a drip tray looks like. Um, it, yep. In in some instances, it looks like a huge uh, cat. You know, those cat trays yes. where, where the cats go to toilet. Um, so yes. it's, it's a plastic sort of a container, uh, a flat plastic tray, um, and then with a pipe attached to it. Is that is that what? Is that's that, correct. That's that's exactly. 
exactly what it looks like. Some are metallic, some are, are, are made out of black plastic, some are made out of red plastic, some are, uh, yeah. So you get different uh, types and manufacturers, but essentially exactly that. Mm. Uh, it, is a, it is is a containment uh, apparatus, I guess, to catch any leaks mm. and to allow it then to be taken to the outside through the, through the drip tray, p- overflow pipe. And the mere fact that you said that it must comply with certain standard requirements, um, that's, that indicates to me that it cannot just be any material that is used there. It cannot, it cannot for instance, be just your cat litter box that you, that you put in there <laughs> to catch. I, mean, I don't know be. what size cat you've got, Willem, but I mean, if you've got a 200-liter geezer, and, <laughs> so you might have a tiger or two at your house, but uh, no, no, uh, you're quite right. Uh, it, is, it, it needs to it needs to uh, comply with uh, with SANS 1848, um, and of course, I mean that that remembering that in most cases the the, the geyser sits inside of the drip tray, it sits on the drip tray. Yeah. Although it's supported correctly with timber uh, and so on, uh, it it needs to uh, um, be of a certain amount, you know, certain strength and and rigidity, etc. So, mm. yes, of course, there are standards that is going to affect that. I mean, you know, I always like to draw analogies on things. And if you think, oh, well, you know, h- how wrong can you get a drip tray? Well, you can make it out of cling film. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't know how effective that's going to be. So, yes, of course, there's a line at which it becomes ineffective. Sure. So, yes, it needs to comply with certain minimum requirements in terms of strength, rigidity, size, uh, capacity, etc. All these things, yeah. And I mean, if there's a geyser burst, for example, it can catch very hot or extremely hot water, and then it has to be able to handle that kind of heat as well, and not and not melt away or or bend in that sort of heated water. Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. So those that also comes into play. We remembering that a geyser, if it's you know, if if all's well. Um, it will get up to 60 or perhaps 65 degrees, but sometimes things are not all well mm. and it gets up to very, very high temperatures. So um, absolutely right. That is a, another factor that must be taken into account. Why are drip trays important and why is an overflow for, for drip trays important? So we've just spoken about temperature and that. So, I mean, uh, 90, I would say, perhaps 80% of geysers in the country perhaps even 75, let me uh, hedge my bets here, but 75% of them perhaps are installed in ceilings. Now, these Mm. things are above our heads, whether that's a bedroom, bathroom, lounge, kitchen, you know, passage. We've all got, a lot of us have got a geezer. So that's the the containment that we're trying to achieve. Mm. The standards are simple. They say that, in the event where a geyser, where leakage from a geyser is going to cause any damage to property whatsoever, then it shall be furnished with a drip tray. So the, so the standards don't draw hard and fast lines to say you will install a drip tray in a garage. You will install it uh, in this. It says wherever there's leakage from, wherever there's going to be potential damage from leakage from a geyser, you shall install a drip tray. Mm-hmm. So that not only means that it's in a ceiling. Any ceiling installed geyser will require a drip tray for sure. But other instances as well, in cupboards, um, in garages, etc., when you're going to have a leak from the geyser and it's going to damage something down below, then it shall have a drip tray. So it's vital in that it, pre- can, it protects property. 
Property is the main thing. I'm not going to, yes, of course, in very extreme cases, leakage from a geyser could actually injure somebody because the water could pull on a ceiling space, for example, you know, yes. in a ceiling space and eventually have a quite a, 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 a quick and a, I don't want to use the word catastrophic, but I mean a sudden collapse of that ceiling with a couple of liters of water and, and some debris landing on, on somebody's bed. And that's not so nice. It's not as uh, it's not a dangerous situation like a TP discharge, which we'll talk about in another podcast, but it is, it is um, dangerous and it's certainly dangerous to property. So it's vital that it, that, that the drip tray is in place. It is a requirement. It is a non-negotiable. Um, so, and in the same way that we spoke about heat and the ability of the tray itself to withstand certain conditions, you must understand that the pipe, the overflow pipe as well, must also be able to, uh, to withstand certain conditions mm. and be installed in a way that can uh, properly remove the water from the drip tray as necessary. And there are rules around that, but for the, we're not going to go into technicalities now, mm-hmm. but the, the, both items must be must work hand in hand, and they must collectively be able to transport any leakage from that geyser out to the outside of the building. So the, the fact is that drip trays and overflow pipes are installed for in case something goes wrong. What can possibly go wrong? Yeah, we've spoken about damage to ceilings and collapsed ceilings and that sort of thing. You know, consider your the your wherever your geezer may be most of us have got geezers in the ceiling we all know what that potentially could could mean in terms of damage not only when once not only damage the ceiling but when once that ceiling collapses damage to whatever's below it if you've got laminated timber floors if you've got cupboards if you've got you know uh, couches linen uh, whatever i've seen horrific uh, damage from from lack of uh, or badly installed drip trays that are not that are not allowing the water to escape. So even though the drip tray is there, you stick your head in the ceiling, you look at it, you see, "Uh uh-huh, there's a drip tray, so I'm all good. Not necessarily. So there's a lot of mistakes that can be made by installers. For example, if the drip tray is installed in such a way, now you can do this little experiment in, in, uh, you know, your kitchen. If you take a shallow tray and if you tip it one way or the other with water in it, it's going to overflow over the edge. Mm. And if the drip tray is installed in such a way where the outlet of the tray is higher than an edge of the tray, well, then it's not going to do anything. Mm. So it needs to be installed properly on a platform that is sloped towards the outlet. In other words, if water lands in that tray, it must be channeled or, or run to the outlet of that drip tray. If it accumulates in a corner and sits there and starts to overflow, that's not doing anybody any good. Yeah. What I'm saying, Willem, is that a visual uh, sort of confirmation that a tray exists does not necessarily mean that it is go- that it is going to be effective. So what can go wrong? The tray can be incorrectly installed. If, let's say, the tray is correctly installed and it gets to the outlet and all's good, then the pipe takes over and the pipe must do its thing to get mm. the water out. And I've done experiments and I've seen that if you don't have a proper fall to that pipe all of the way, I'm not talking about partly part of the way, I'm talking about a flat run all the way out to the outside of the building, you are going to have back uh, build up and it's going to start to overflow. Mm. 
So the pipe must be the correct material. A lot of geysers that are installed um, have got um, the, I'm just going to call it a black flimsy pipe. I'm not going to get technical. If it's the black flimsy pipe, that is not correct. It is unable to keep its shape. It is unable to be in a straight line and it be kept in a straight line. So we look for, we want drip tray overflow pipes to be PVC. Mm. Uh, that is usually white in color. There, there are other colors of PVC, but usually 90% of the time it is white. It is rigid. It is straight. Mm. And it is properly secured. So when the water is in the tray, gets to the pipe, um, is allowed to discharge at a constant slope downwards to the outside of the building through a straight pipe, which is rigid. Remember, we spoke about as well temperature. So the water that is discharging through that can often be quite high in temperature. So it cannot be a flimsy pipe. It cannot be something that is obviously going to start to soften when uh, hot water runs through it. So rigid pipe, usually PVC in a straight line. Yes, it can have bends in it, but as long as it slopes downwards, it's all good. Um, And um, that's what we look for. So those are the things that go wrong. In a nutshell, uh, Willem, I know I've spoken a lot, is that just a visual, as I've said before, a visual confirmation that a tray exists and that a pipe exists does not necessarily mean that it is going to function correctly. So one must just look a little bit further than that. Before we continue with our conversation, have a listen to this. Plumber training has never been easier with articulated plumber courses. Enroll now to upskill yourself at your own pace and earn CPD points. Our informative and easy-to-follow courses can be found on iopsitraining.co.za. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Articulated Plumber. All right, Richard, so so for the consumer out there, I mean, it's easy for plumbers to see uh, where problems or issues lie when it comes to the drip tray or the pipe, the overflow pipe. But for the consumer specifically, are there things that the, con- the consumer can look out for to see whether their installation, their drip tray installation and overflow installation is correct and if and, and will be efficient? Mm. Uh, yeah, so we, we covered a lot of the uh, of that in the previous where I spoke previously, Willem, but 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 there are you know the, the a lot of people don't jump up in their ceilings and they can't really see what's happening on the inside of the ceilings or don't want to or whatever. So usually and the only visual clues that a homeowner has, let me not use the word usually, but, but, but sometimes, uh, the only visual cues that an own, owner has is from the outside of the building when they look up at the eave and they see pipes sticking out underneath the eaves or uh, close to their gutters or something like that. And these are, some, these are usually the overflows from the geezer. So what you want to see there is you want to see we're not going to talk about the other overflows now, but you want to see a, the overflow pipe from the drip tray is usually uh, 40 to 50 millimeters in diameter. Mm-hmm. So that is a big pipe. It's, a, it's the size of your forearm mm. um, and or your wrist. So it's a big pipe. It, you want to see that it is, um, first of all, visible. Mm-hmm. You must be able to determine when water is discharging from it. So... And you want to see that it is made out of a rigid material. Now, often it's not possible to determine these things just by looking at it from underneath, but but often it is. Uh, 
So there are a lot of visual clues that one can look uh, get just from looking up at that pipe. So it must be rigid. In other words, it must be perfectly round. It can't be deformed. You can see if it's a soft kind of material yeah. or if it's a hard, rigid material. Usually those black plastic pipes, that you, the, the softer ones that, that are you know used for irrigation in the lawn or irrigation on farms and those kind of things, those kind of pipes you can usually with your hand, if you squeeze them hard enough, mm-hmm. you, can, you can change its shape. Um, you know, easy. Yeah. So, but with these hard PVC pipes, the, specifically the white ones, um, the fact that you mentioned the, you, you use the word rigid now, when you when you press them hard with your hand, they're not gonna it's they're not gonna bend or because that's no that's the kind of rigidness that you're talking about or referring. That's to. correct. Yeah. There'll no ways you can collapse or crush a PVC pipe with your hand. Mm. Um, I'd, I'd I'd love to see the guy that can do that. Probably Popeye mm. could, but not me. <laughs> so, but, no, but 100 correct, Willem. That 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 soft black. Um, they call it LDPE, a low density polyethylene, yeah. is its name. Uh, that you can just press around and with your hand manipulate it and bend it and crack it and so on. Mm. Uh, but And that's what you don't want. So yeah. you want to see a rigid pipe. You want to see that it is external, that when water drips from it, that you're going to be able to see that drip and that when it drips from it, it's not going to damage something. Or perhaps if that pipe is not fully exiting the wall, and we've seen this mm. often with overflow pipes just not exiting the wall, what happens is it drips into the actual wall itself and causes all kinds of damp problems in the sub or in the structure of the wall and in turn inside the home. So that's what we that's what you want to look out for. You want to look that it's visible, that it that that it's not going to cause a nuisance when drip comes from it, that it's the right type of pipe, etc. And that's the best advice I can give you other than climbing in the ceiling and determining all the other stuff that we spoke about earlier. I think the importance thereof is is if it is discharging water, then you know for a fact that something's wrong with your geyser because how else will you know that something is is wrong with your geyser if you cannot see that the the discharge pipe is, 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 is leaking water? Correct. And in hundreds of thousands of flats and flat developments and even, uh, you know, sectional title developments going up these days, um, that's not the case. All the overflow pipes are hidden. They are impossible to detect. Uh, and yeah, so that's the reason for it. You know, that's the reason being able to look at it and determine whether it's leaking or not. You know, Richard, I always say when we have these technical discussions is that uh, that I learn I don't know if I, I'll I'll become a plumber after you know after a couple of years of having these podcasts, <laughs> but the fact is that we learn so much from from these technical discussions, and I think it carries yeah. a lot of value to the consumers out there. I mean, these are things that that plumbers know. Um, they work with these yeah. kind of things every single day. They know their standards, especially the the you know the registered PRB registered plumbers. They know their standards. Yeah. They know what their installations must comply with, and. Um, but for the consumer, you know, a, a, a layman like myself, I'm not a plumber, so I learn as far as we, as I listen to to the answers that you are giving to me, and I do believe that it carries the same value to, um, you know, to our consumers, to the other, you know, to our to our listeners. Yeah, no, but that's the hope, uh, Willem. I mean, this is the, this is why we do this. You know, we don't do this for fun. Uh, well, we do. It is fun, <laughs> but we don't do it uh, to please ourselves. It's it's for information to get the information out there. You know, it's it's to get it to the consumer, and and this is 
we've always said it. We want the consumer to listen to these. And we know that it's kind of tedious sometimes and you've got a busy life and so on. But, oh, you know, there is so much value in and, – and here's the information that everybody wants. Uh, then mm. All the phone calls that you've made to a plumber, you know, what do I do with this? Here, Here's that information. It's right here. Mm-hmm. So um, – and, yeah. and as the library builds, we'll um, we'll – hopefully be quite comprehensive and you would be able to go and see, oh, there's the one on TP. Oh, there's the one on that. And just listen to a 20-minute thing and you've got the answers. And the fact is also that when you're a consumer and you and you ha- already have information or knowledge about these kind of things, by the time that a plumber shows up on your premises, then you know that mm. you know the plumber won't be able to tell you, you know, any nitty-gritty stuff that doesn't make sense because, mm. Yeah. Richard, thanks a stack for for having this discussion, this lack of technical discussion with me again. Um, Pleasure, Willem. Yeah, and thanks a stack to our audience. Thanks for tuning in and having listened to this episode. We will definitely chat to you again soon. Thanks for having tuned in. Make sure to read more about the PIRB on our website at pirb.co.za and on our social media channels like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 